Hello, what's up? You're listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration. We're out here in Los Angeles with the band Resilience. Talked to him like a billion years ago, and now we're going to talk to him again. What's your name, and what do you do in the band? Uh, Spite, I play guitar. Johnny, I play drums. You can just talk he's, something in later. Yeah, he's the singer, but he can't talk because yeah. he's got his band logo taped to his mouth over there. Well, people always ask, what, what was your band name again? You know, you know how that always goes. I can't hear it or whatever. It's resilience. Well, he's he's under a corporate uh, court order not to say anything right now, so it's going to be up to us. Is it one of those celebrity scandals or something like that? You'll see. It's You'll a see. gag order. Yeah, yeah, it's a gag order. So he's going to be on a reality show coming up is what's happening. So, Got it. So seems a lot has changed since the last time we talked, like, what, 10 years ago? Hey, it's good to see you again, Jack. Good to see you also, and I see you're still playing with the same bands like The Voids tonight. I think the last time I saw you guys and videotaped you guys, you were also playing with The Voids, and The Voids are playing tonight. A new album, so buy it if you like The Voids are downstairs, or they were just a second ago, playing. You would be able to hear them in the background, but they're uh, getting drowned out by the people over here. You guys stopped playing for a while. What happened with that? Technically, we didn't, but it seemed like we did, because we had... We kept going. We had a bunch of bass player changes, and we had guys that were uh, too drunk. We got we had guys that were too slow. We had we had a, we had like a whole gamut of like a whole bunch of shit go on where we couldn't find like the right guy. And then we went back to the same guy. <laughs> so still practice every week. Yeah. Yeah. Show. Yeah. Play Never shows stopped. and everything. Yeah. yeah. We don't have like the biggest pool of musicians. It's not like here in L.A. where you know you could just like talk to someone and they know 50 different people that play bass or whatever and so we're kind of like limited it's a way smaller it's a way smaller town we literally had other people like in texas and other states that we were you know almost considering other band members and stuff will, willing to play for the band willing to play our songs that were willing to come out and everything and go on tours but it's just weird you know it's like you can't see the person you can't play you know you know what i mean it's just so much distance, weird. This town being in still Santa Rosa? Santa Rosa, yeah. North North Bay, even though there's not really much of a bay at all. Well, it. now we're north of San Francisco. Yeah, on the 101, yeah. Yeah, I was just there a couple days ago, and I was going to say hi to you, but I barely made it back home because we had to drive there and come back within a day or so and didn't realize that it takes so long to get up California. People don't realize when we play down here, they're like, oh, where are you from? We're from the top of California. And they're like, oh, cool, like right over there. They don't realize that it's like eight hours. It's all day drive for us to just come and play a show and then drive all the way back home. 16 hours of driving or more. It's crazy. Well, we can do the, we can do the drive in six. Are you guys driving back home after this show or are you staying local? Uh, we are. I think he's, he's actually going to stay for the Misfits show tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, we're pedal to the metal. <laughs> going straight back. Coffee or whatever, Red Bulls, and try to just drive as much as we can. Try to get back. We usually try to take the shits before we leave. It's no fun, you know, rest stop shits. Forget about it. I noticed also, Fury, uh, I was talking to you before, after your show and whatever, and you always like seem to lose your voice afterwards, and it seems like you've practiced enough where, you, where you're not losing your voice anymore. Um, it just depends on how many shows we played. If we're on tour, then my voice is probably... 75% of the way gone, but 
this is just this one show, so it's not as fucked up. Also, I learned little tricks. I got a half a earplug in my ear, like little things that after you play for 20 years, hopefully you start figuring out, you know what I mean? Little stuff like that, it helps. One problem that we have too, or he has, is usually like the monitors aren't that great. So sometimes he just like gets over zealous with it. And he just, you know, fucks up his voice. If you can't hear yourself at all, the monitors aren't on, front monitors. Ask any singer in a punk rock band, they'll tell you. It's like a classic, oh, I can't hear shit, so then you're just like, and you're just ripping, ripping your shit up, you know? So that just happens. Is that what happened at the beginning of the show? I noticed the speakers were going out because you were singing too loud. I think it was the cable. Yeah, my cable was like un- un- unplugging a, a, a bit, and you know, a little bit further into the show as well. No, it's just coming loose. I told the guy for the next band, luckily, but the set was so tight in time that I didn't want to stop, go get a new mic, this and that, you know. Sometimes I grab one of these guys, but we have backups on every song, so, you know what I mean? You just deal with it. It's happening so fast, next thing you know, it's over. So you just, you do your best and try to get through it. It's crazy. You never know what you're in for. Talk about a little bit about your music and stuff. So, what's the latest album and when's a, when did that come out? Uh, it actually hasn't yet. Uh, it's still in the process. We're uh, polishing it all up as best we can. So, yeah, it's recorded, but it's. I think I think we might call it "Read Between the Lies," like instead of a lines, just because of the level of corruption and all the bullshit we still have going on. We got this whole new president and all our social politics, and you got just more. Even from when we started, when we were first a band, the amount of shit that's going on in the world is shit man amplified by a lot you know we thought it was already a mess before now we're like holy shit we kind of miss those days you know (laughs) that that looked better before in comparison to this shit it's nuts so when's the late what's the latest album then what's the one that's already released oh the last one that was released before that is called um fight for your mind um yeah and we play songs off that all the time we play the song fight for your mind a lot we've opened with it a bunch and actually, we toured a decent amount right when that album came out. Um, that one's released by us. It's just released on our own. So it's not on a record label. So it's kind of like, you got to pretty much come to a show. None of our shit's on a record label, actually. No, it's not. Yeah, it was. We had stuff on SOS. Some of our stuff went as far as being available in places that we didn't even necessarily want it available in. At one point, with Sound of Strength, SOS, when that was on the record label, SOS. That was starting to get distributed a lot, but we backed off from a lot of stuff. We started getting offers from semi-major record labels and Hot Topic and Warp Tours called us like five times and just things that we were we were worried that it was gonna get. We basically we saw our album for sale at Target. Target, like the store Target. And Best Buy. And Best Buy, yeah. And we were like, we felt like it was kind of getting away from us. Like we were gonna turn into something that we didn't want to be, you know? So we backed off, but now we're so underground. Now we have to come back a little ways and kind of rebuild some of that work that we did before. So that's probably why we seem kind of like we disappeared a little bit more is because we're just self-promoting everything we do. It's just us, that's it. Although if your album is at Target, you reach more audience, like you can reach the parents, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, I saw that happen with bands, you know, like Pennywise and other bands where they were more underground at one time. And then they got so big and so accepted by the mainstream that I'm not sure if they even, if the fans of those bands even understand 
what they're trying to say or what they're about. Do you know what I mean? It just makes you nervous. Sometimes it just happens. Like you have bands like Green Day, for example. You know. <laughs> You'd be surprised, honestly, the amount of decisions that they really are making. They're offering you a lot of things. We got a call from 7-Eleven, 7-Eleven, the store, like the mo the global chain, and they said they could put our album in a kiosk, and they would give us 50 cents a song, mostly in Europe, yeah, and they would give us fucking shitloads of money if we just signed it over to them. Fuck it, you know? It's crazy. So there's been a lot of... They want to take your, your artistic rights. They want to have the rights to the music, you know, and watch out for that shit. You know, we have to digital tell, thumbprint. tell other bands... Like, do not fucking let your shit go, because you'll get fucked in the end. Yeah. Well, we were on tour with Exploited, and we were walking in just to grab, like, some drinks at some little liquor store, and Waddy was with us, and he actually saw himself on the side of a rock star, like him pointing out classically with his mohawk and everything. And, and I was like, dude, Waddy, you're on the fucking rock star thing. And he was all, what the fuck? He was pissed, because no one called him, no one told him nothing. And that's like him, you know, like his actual personage. He had to call people and he was trying to figure out who, if they owed him money or if they could take him off or what, but they were already made. Yeah, he was trying to figure it out. So it's hard because, yeah, you want to get your music out to a lot of people, but at the same time, you want to maintain the integrity if you have a message that actually is about something. If we were a funny band, I'd be like, sounds good, let's do, sign us up. If we were just silly or something, you know, like, fuck it. But, some of these, there's people here with our tattoos on their skin, like big. So it's like, you know, we want them to be able to wear that and not be like, oh, that's that band that hella sold out that like super just doesn't say anything and sucks super bad, you know? You know, that's kind of what it's about, you know? It's like respect for, or for what we've created so far, you know? We want to keep it real. Like, we want to get as big as we can, but not at the stake of being fake. Do you know what I mean? That's, I think that's. One of the most important things to us is that we carry our own integrity and we wear it with pride, you know. And uh, sometimes you get sucked into things that are like a little bit shady, like I uh, feel a little greasy, you know, and we try to do away with that kind of stuff. Since we're talking about music and all that stuff, let's take a listen to a song. I noticed you guys re-recorded two songs, Sound of Strength and Last Resort. Any particular reason why you re-recorded those two? I don't think we re-recorded them. We re-recorded -re um, Piss Poor Anthem. That's the one that's got like a shitload of noise in it. Um, some of why we probably re-recorded it is just because it's like a song that we finished all of our shows out with originally when we first started playing. We didn't play it tonight because we played it for 20-some years, you know? But well, I think on the band camp it says it's re-recorded or something like that. Oh, it might have been like retouched up or something like that. That's It might have been like altered a little bit, yeah. And we did re-record a few with Roger that we kind of... The thing is, is we started out as a band and like months later we recorded our first album, you know? He's a bass player, he's playing drums. That's Johnny right there. Yeah, and then we had Dave, one of our other guitarists at the time playing drums. So, I mean, it was all like we were, we were still trying to figure out how we wanted to sound, what we were trying to do, who's doing what, you know? And everything like that. So, when we recorded that album, we recorded it kind of prematurely like we talk about re-recording that whole first album because we can literally just play the songs way better now totally we, we can should, just play them like do that. a lot what up, better Dave? Yeah. yeah dave's watching shout out to dave. Up, dave he helped us write a lot of the first songs um scott's not here right now he's out in the parking lot resting or something 
he helped us write a lot of the songs. And your bass player is missing because... Uh, <laughs> I think he's just hanging out, resting, out in the parking lot, like drinking or something, drinking some water or something. So let's take a so let's take a listen nacho, to uh nacho, there's Nacho over there. Nacho's the one that likes to throw all the shows in LA. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Nacho, and I'm Corrupted Youth. I'm from LA. Motherfucking here, we still really gotta say because they're making movement, making shit happen all the time. I'm gonna go see the Oys guys right now perform, but check it out. Resilience, 100, dude. All right, there we go. Promo. So promo. So let's take a listen to Johnny's favorite song called Sound of Strength over here. <laughs> oh, yeah. He doesn't necessarily like yeah, to play that one. Yeah, uh, a harder song for me to play. It's technically weird because there's so much space. Yeah. Most of our stuff's fast. That's like a pretty lower mid-tempo. It's got these big ring outs and shit. So it's just different than most of all the it's stuff we play. It's a positive song, though. It, it's, it's very positive. Self-empowering. Yeah. It's good. Let's take a listen to the song. It's called Sound of Strength by Resilience. You're listening to the punk rock demonstration out here in Los Angeles. This is the sound of strength. This is the sound of you and me.
welcome back. That was Sound of Strength by Resilience. You're listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration. I'm Jack, record with Resilience in Los Angeles. So I recently released that uh, the Terraza Hame footage in like what 2007 of that song. Yeah, that was a great show. Super cool show. You can see the crowd's reaction on that because we were playing a lot more, more often. You know, you can see them getting pretty, pretty juiced up. You know, we were playing really often, so. It was really good. Actually, yeah, you filmed it back then, so. That was actually a clip out of that 21st Century Punk Rock Volume 1 film, and I'm working on the second one right now, and I guess you guys are going to be on the second one, too, since it's like it's 10 years later. Is going to go on that? Hopefully. The lighting in this place is kind of odd, though. You've got the super fast music, and you've got the super slow lights. That is kind of weird, huh? It's like yep. it's fucking with your mind or something. Yeah, Speaking of SOS, did the record label SOS have anything to do with the song Sound of Strength? Well, that was kind of funny. Like, we had the song, and we had that album coming out, and Rob from Total Chaos, he got a hold of me, because he was a big part of that record label. And he said, hey, I'm trying to build this label, and this and that, and actually, I think it was going to be named Punk Invasion, which is, like, one of their, something from their band. And then we put Sound of Strength out at the same time, and then the record label ended up being called SOS. So... I mean, to us, it seemed like, wait a minute, what is going on here? But, well, no, SOS... The actual song has nothing to do with the label, no. Yeah. It has nothing to do with it, but, you know, it's like a catchy thing, SOS. Like, something's going fucking wrong, you know? I think it's simple and it worked. And we tried to help that label a lot, too. Ezot, that used to own the, you know, the venue out there, showcase, yeah. And that was cool. Like, it looked like it was doing really good, but the city messed him up. They lost the venue. Then he bought the Allen Theater. Then the city just kept messing with him and messing with him. And they never really let him open it. Then they tried to sue him for a British Invasion. Was that 2004? Yeah. 2006. 2006, yeah. The Orange Pavilion. Yeah, when it just turned into a riot. A small amount of boneheads showed up, caused shit. They got fucked up by a huge, giant crowd that's not into racist bullshit. And cops showed up and just kind of tear gassed people inside the building without them kind of really knowing i don't think and it just went fucking haywire it was nuts they're still holding a lot of that footage as police evidence right now so they're letting little bits of it out it was nuts i think we did our first interview over there too way back in like beyond before video existed and all that crap you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just different different times now everything's internet internet super internet you know you released that song, Sound of Strength, on SOS, and you released a CD, but... And the album's called Sound of Strength, so that's the title track, and it came out on SOS Records, so it's pretty, like, boom, 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 pretty we were funny. the second band signed to that label. Yeah, Total Chaos, and us, and then other friends of ours, bands like Lower Class Brats, Funeral Dress, like, other bands that we're already familiar with, they, they were like, hey, is that label good? And we are like, so far, they're treating us cool, it's punk rock you know they signed a lot of staple bands especially yeah. from europe and, yeah. and you know kudos to Ezop for doing that yeah uh, i wish him well that was a big part of the scene actually when the stuff that Ezop built fell apart in my opinion i'm not from la but in my opinion it fucked up the whole scene down here that place always had flyers you always knew what shows are coming up you could get tickets in advance they tried to work with the kids you know like be cool with them even when they're getting kicked out and let them come back another time like that was a staple spot in the whole USA and I remember we asked lower class brats we were on an interview with them 
and somebody asked lower class Pratt's Bones uh, from LCB they said uh, what's your favorite place to play in the whole US and he said Corona Showcase Theater so I mean you know that says it all right there that's a band that's playing every state that, that toured a bunch so that was a big impact in the whole punk scene in the US yeah, he's in, I in filmed fashion. every show that happened there at yeah. the Corona yeah. I remember all the old school bands Showcase. you know Fucking Vice Squad, Addicts. He was signing a shitload of all those bands that didn't really have a U.S. support. So. He was doing it the way it should have been done. You know, he's like getting the right people. He had the right attitude. Like he was saying, it's like helping out kids, not just like, you know, kicking out kids that are, you know, being Riley and stuff. You know, like he actually, I think, embodied what the kids wanted from a venue. Yeah. It's unfortunate. I think British Invasion just killed him after that incident. I heard, and I, I, I'm pretty sure he told us that he actually countersued L.A., like the fucking whole L.A. County or whatever, and he won. San Bernardino County, though. San Bernardino, yeah, and he, and he actually won the case. Yeah, and then he put that money into the Allen Theater. But he lost the Allen Theater. And then he lost Allen, yeah. so they just screwed him. It's like, you know, that was it. They, I don't think they were going to let it happen. They wouldn't let him per his permits pass for the Allen Theater, yeah. so he was screwed on that. That's the system. It's the same old, same old, right? That's it. Well, back to some more music talk. I noticed uh, the Sound of Strength album. The track listing is out of order, and I've always hesitated to play that CD because I didn't know what track it was. Do you have the corrected track listing anywhere? I, I think this, the ones that he put out afterward, now, they're accurate. He had to remake the backs. The actual art we sent him was actual real art, like raw, stuck together like a punk rock flyer, like art, you know? And I don't know what they did. They they moved it around or they fiddled with it or some shit. And I guess they tried to put them back in whatever order they thought was right. And it was wrong. So there you go. I don't know why no one gave us a call about it, you know. Like double check. I think he made like 10,000 of those. And then he had to remake them. So there's 10,000 of those out there somewhere. Yeah, those are the collector's ones. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Well, let's take a listen to another song. Let's take a listen to the song. I think it's called Never Give In. It's also another track off of his. What, what is it? Oh, yeah, probably Resilience. The song Resilience. That's probably what it is, yeah. Oh. There, you know what? There's not an actual song called Never Give In, but that song. I was thinking of the album. And I was thinking of a song off that album, and then I screwed up, and now we're all in a total chaotic mess over here, so. You can always start over. Now we gotta start the interview over because I just totally screwed it over. That's resilience. So that's. So I guess since we're talking about the song Resilience and we're talking with the band Resilience, let's take a listen to that song. It's called Resilience off of the Never Give In album. Fixed myself there. You're listening to the punk rock demonstration right here with Resilience. Do 
Unity by Resilience. You're listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration. I'm Jack. So that song was off of that Never Give In album, and we just played Resilience before that. What's the significance of Resilience and Never Give In and all that stuff? So the, the idea, at least, where we kind of first got a little spark of the concept was we were we used to live, Spite and I used to live in this fucked up house that was falling apart with cockroaches in it and all kinds of shit. It was kind of like our own little personal punk rock ghetto. But after we'd been like homeless and this and that, we were still working and stuff, but that was like our little spot and our friends would come over and shit. Um, but anyway, I don't, I, maybe we were watching on TV. I don't remember like even having a TV there, but somehow we saw this thing on CNN and there was all these punks and skins. And when I say skins, I mean like, you know, traditional skins, non-racist, you know, sharps, whatever. And they were marching through the streets of Las Vegas because I guess there was two people that were kind of big in their scene that were like, you know, people that were always out at all the shows and everything. Um, guy named Spitz and uh, black punk rock dude, the Mohawk and everything. And then another white skinhead guy, I think is roughly the, the concept. And they were real outspoken about being anti-racist and stuff. And I guess they had had a lot of problems in Las Vegas with Nazis and stuff like that. And so they waited for those dudes. Somehow they heard they were going to go out of town to LA or somewhere. And they waited for them to drive down the freeway, and they actually found them at a um, rest stop, and put them down on their knees, and shot them both in the head and killed them. And they murdered the fucking dudes, right? Like some major people from your scene, right? Like if somebody shot Nacho or something, you know, it'd be like, holy shit, it's fucked up. So the whole scene, the whole underground scene, went into the streets and marched down the, the main strip on Las Vegas, and they stayed up all night and made anti-racist banners and all kinds of stuff. And they kind of made their own holiday, like a resistance holiday, anti-racist holiday, and a, a unity holiday that they were still, that it wasn't going to stop them, and it wasn't going to, like, push them down, you know? And they named that day Resilience Day. And it's about not giving up, not giving in. So that's why they call it Resilience Day. So I remember just hearing that, and we talked about it stuff, and it was just a cool idea floating around. So somehow it stuck. We didn't have like a meeting about it or anything, you know, it uh, just kind of... remember at practice you came up with that name, and I'm all, fuck, that is fucking brilliant. Oh, you remember? Yeah, all He yeah. remembers then. Yeah. And me, to me, it's vague, you know? No, it you... It was vague. I remember yeah. seeing the, the we news to, program. We were trying to figure out a name. Yeah, what are we going to You came to practice, and you're all, you know, remember that the, those guys that got killed in fucking uh, yeah. in Las Vegas? Yeah. Resilience, you know, we got to keep fucking... Resilience day, yeah. And a lot of people don't know about that piece of history, I don't think, you know, it's... Maybe if you're from Las Vegas and you're still, maybe the guys from the Infested, Brian Infested, all those guys out there, they still play. So Brian Infested, Las Vegas. But um, they they probably know about that, you know. 
This sounds like a really long time ago because you're talking about CNN reporting something other than the president, you know? Like 96 probably, 1996 I think, somewhere in there. CNN actually had the word news yeah, in there somewhere, you know? There was some news coming through, yep. That was it. So, I mean, we stuck with that. It works. We've all been through shit. Fish. The reason that it works for us is because, you know, we come from that lower class, working class background. And we've always had to just struggle to maintain, you know, whatever we have. Uh, even if it's the bare minimum sometimes. Sleeping cars, living this way, living that way, helping each other, you know, so... A lot of stuff that we say and a lot of stuff that we sing about in the songs lyrically. And the reason we try to make it sound tough is because that's how we've had to live. You know, so it's pretty, to us, it's real. Like, it's personal. It's like a personal struggle for us. Well, now that Johnny's gone, I think it's better to just play a song for now. We'll play a song called Beat for the Beaten by Resilience. And we'll be back until uh, Johnny finishes whatever he needs to do in the bathroom.
that was Unity by Resilience. You're listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration. I'm Jack. So that song was off of that Never Give In album, and we just played Resilience before that. What's the significance of Resilience and Never Give In and all that stuff? So that, the idea, at least, where we kind of first got a little spark of the concept was we were we used to live, Spite and I used to live in this fucked up house that was falling apart with cockroaches in it and all kinds of shit. It was kind of like our own little personal punk rock ghetto. But after we'd been like homeless and this and that, we were still working and stuff, but that was like our little spot and our friends would come over and shit. Um, but anyway, I don't, I, maybe we were watching on TV. I don't remember like even having a TV there, but somehow we saw this thing on CNN and there was all these punks and skins. And when I say skins, I mean like, you know, traditional skins, non-racist, you know, sharps, whatever. And they were marching through the streets of Las Vegas because I guess there was two people that were kind of big in their scene that were like, you know, people that were always out at all the shows and everything. Um, guy named Spitz and um, black punk rock dude, the Mohawk and everything. And then another white skinhead guy, I think, is roughly the, the concept. And they were real outspoken about being anti-racist and stuff. And I guess they had had a lot of problems in Las Vegas with Nazis and stuff like that. And so they waited for those dudes. Somehow they heard they were going to go out of town to L.A. or somewhere. And they waited for them to drive down the freeway. And they actually found them at a um, rest stop and put them down on their knees and shot them both in the head and killed them. They murdered the fucking dudes, right? Like some major people from your scene, right? Like if somebody shot Nacho or something, you know, it'd be like, holy shit, it's fucked up. So the whole scene, the whole underground scene went into the streets and marched down the, the main strip on Las Vegas. And they stayed up all night and made anti-racist banners and all kinds of stuff. And they kind of made their own holiday, like a resistance holiday, anti-racist holiday and a, a unity holiday that they were still, that it wasn't gonna stop them. And it wasn't gonna like push them down, you know? And they named that day Resilience Day. And it's about not giving up, not giving in. So that's why they call it Resilience Day. So I remember just hearing that and we talked about it. Stuff, and it was just a cool idea floating around. So somehow it stuck. We didn't have like a meeting about it or anything, you know, it just uh, kind of... at practice you came up with that name and I'm all, fuck, that is fucking brilliant. Oh, you remember? Yeah, oh he yeah. He remembers then. Yeah. And me, to me it's vague, you know. No, it you was vague. I remember yeah. seeing the, the we news to, program. We were trying to figure out a name. Yeah, what are we You came to practice and you're yeah. all, you know, remember that the, those guys that got killed in fucking uh, yeah. in Las Vegas? Yeah. Resilience, you know, we gotta keep fucking... Resilience day, yeah. And a lot of people don't know about that piece of history, I don't think, you know, it's... Maybe if you're from Las Vegas and you're still, maybe the guys from the Infested, Brian Infested, all those guys out there, they still play. So Brian Infested, Las Vegas. But um, they they probably know about that, you know. This sounds like a really long time ago because you're talking about CNN reporting yeah. something other than the president, you know. <laughs> like '96, probably 1996, I think, somewhere in there. When CNN actually had the word news yeah, in there somewhere, there was, you know. There was some news coming through. Yep, that was it. I mean, we stuck with that. It works. We've all been through shit. Fish. The reason that it works for us is because, you know, we come from that lower class, working class background. And we've always had to just struggle to maintain, you know, whatever we have. Uh, even if it's the bare minimum sometimes. Sleeping cars, living this way, living that way, helping each other, you know. So a lot of stuff that we say and a lot of stuff that we sing about in the songs lyrically. And the reason we try to make it sound tough is because... That's how we've had to live, you know? So it's pretty, to us, it's real. Like, it's personal. It's like a personal struggle for us. 
Well, now that Johnny's gone, I think it's better to just play a song for now. We'll play a song called Beat for the Beaten by Resilience, and we'll be back until uh, Johnny finishes whatever he needs to do in the bathroom. No! 
that was No Religion by Resilience. You're listening to Resilience out here at Los Angeles. In, not at. I'm grammar freak over here. No Religion, is it anything to do with uh, non-religion or a religious thing in any sort of way? I mean, it's... He wrote that song in particular, but I think for me, and like, this is like my personal kind of take on the whole thing, like, you know, we don't really have a problem with religion in itself. It's like the organized religion, specifically American Christianity, which a lot of times it's just, it's hypocritical, you know, especially like the evangelical shit. You know, we're like, send me your money, get your place into heaven, kind of bullshit, you know. And then there's like real people that are like, just fucked, you know, like hurricane victims or whatever. And you got these motherfuckers that are like, driving around in Porsches, private jets and shit. They're tax exempt. You know, they're just like, living off the spoils of all this crap. It's a scam, yeah. Yeah, it's a business and a scam. Uh, and it's it's not necessarily like we're not we're not anti-religious. We're just, it's I think uh, to me I feel like that kid can that can be used like say for a kid in the Bible Belt somewhere if they're trying to break out of it. They can say, hey, well these guys don't need this either. It's kind of about not needing that particular crutch of something for you. Like we're just trying to express that that's not a to be a decent person. You don't need that. Like you know, like. Hey, let's not rape people. Let's not kill a bunch of people. Let's not, you know what I mean? Like, most people know all that shit. You don't have to have that. Unless they're misguided and they need a guide. <laughs> if it's benefiting someone, that's fine. If it's benefiting that's, someone. That's what it feels like to me. It's just like a legitimate cult. Yeah. It's a cult. It's you know? It's people who are like vulnerable, you know, they, they need something bigger than themselves. That's what they do. Yeah, it's used in an obviously shitty way where they're manipulating people oftentimes you know what i mean so it's kind of strange you know another thing that's weird about it is like for us punk rock in general is very much in my opinion about individuality like you being you you liking what you like your lifestyle your bands you like whatever you do for a job like being independent while living in a society yeah but so like if you just follow something blindly i don't care what it is it's probably not healthy for you. You know, it could even be punk rock. Like, you could be, like, tripping too bad. Like, oh, man, I got to have my hair perfectly spiked every single time. Like, is that what it's about? Not really. You know, that's fun and it's, and it's extra. But it's about a lot more than that. If that's all you're taking away from it, you know what I mean? It can become a religion, too. If you're not learning something or you're not growing, I guess, as an individual. If you're not still, if, you're, if it's something that shuts you down, and you stop growing, then it's a, I'm not into it. Like, I don't like it. I'm against whatever it is, usually. We'll talk about punk rock and all that. How did you get into it, and how has it changed your life? I mean, me personally, I heard little bits of it when I was younger, and I had an aunt that was played me, like, Discharge or something when I was, like, seven. But it was so hardcore sounding. I, I was like, what? Like, I didn't even understand what was going on. I had a friend later, this guy named Paul Young. I don't know where he's at now. But he was friends with bands like Rancid and um, the Swinging Utters. Like, he knew those guys before they got big. And he'd bring me these little tapes, and he'd let me into his house when we'd go skate. And he'd play me staples, you know, Minor Threat, Subhumans, Misfits, like, you know, just the classics. And I was already listening to a lot of metal when I was younger than that. And I'd always hear metal bands every now and then cover 
a punk rock song. And I'd be like, why is that song like fucking so much better to me? Like, why is that? Like you could hear Metallica cover like, so what? Yeah. And you're like, fuck, what? I want to hear that. Like, what's that about? And it's like, we didn't really realize like, that's a whole nother band and an entire genre of a fucking shitload of bands globally, you know? And so you kind of break into it and you kind of figure it out and you learn. So basically skateboarding and then this crazy weird dude that was from a bigger city. And he's like, oh yeah, he had a little subhuman tattoo. And he was like, yeah, you can listen to this vinyl, borrow a tape or whatever. So that's kind of how I really broke into more of the real, what I would consider real punk rock, like underground culture and stuff, you know? I'd always been around music. He was raised around music too. Like our, our parents are kind of musical. His dad plays in you know bands and all kinds of stuff. So I was always around art and music, but I feel like for me, punk rock in particular was something that I was always missing. Like there's something, like a void, where you want something more aggressive, more energetic, that's like just fucking like hard hitting and more like juiced up, you know? It's a specific thing. And if you don't know what it is, you don't know what you're looking for. And then when you hear it, you start going, oh shit, like, what's this? This is bad as fuck. Like, I want to hear more of that. I want to go where that's playing, you know? And then it opens you up to this huge world of like different ways of thinking, different ways of being, tons of different bands all over the whole world, you know? So, you know, anyway, now I'm going off, but that's how I got into it to start. And then couldn't get enough, so you started a band and playing your music too? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we, I think we wanted to hear more like heavier punk. Because like when we were at, that, at the ages that we were starting in 1999, where we lived, there wasn't like that kind of more like hardcore or aggressive or street, whatever you want to call it. So I think we just wanted to like not only play it, but like hear it, you know, like being played out in the world kind of almost for ourselves if that makes sense it's kind of the way I see it and we all we're all so different kind of too though we all have different viewpoints like we all listen to lots of different bands in our backgrounds all kinds of stuff punk reggae ska fucking garage he listens to a lot of really rock and roll garage like all kinds of I don't even know all the stuff he listens to because we're all eclectic you know we're very individual you don't want to know the stuff I listen to <laughs> so where can people find more information about resilience yeah. Talk to us. That's the best you know? place. Yeah. Yeah, if you Woo. come out to an actual show yeah. in the real world and turn your computer off for a minute or your like, phone or whatever. We don't have like a biography or anything no, yet. No. Uh, not, not really. But um, yeah. When can we expect that new album to come out? Well, the band camp is the best place. Know, you can the, hear the music. Our, our stenographer is on vacation right now, so we'll, we'll be getting back to that. The album's mostly recorded. We just have to put a few little fine touches and some... Some little sound bites and some shit like that, and then we'll have it. And we have to figure out, we're gonna try to put it on vinyl if we can, colored vinyl, something with a shirt or something, kind of a two for one giveaway. Download some shit like code, that. Download, download code, code, whatever. Half the people want digital, half the people want vinyl. So we're trying to keep everybody happy, you know? I wanna do A track, but these guys aren't going for it. Yeah, he's in A track. A lot of shit's on iTunes and iTunes, Rhapsody, yeah. all that shit. Yeah, some of the recordings on YouTube are kinda wild. They're not really. Who knows what, like how someone recorded it on their phone, like through their record player or some shit, I'm not sure. But yeah, Bandcamp has all the albums on there in the right order, in the right listings, and they're, they're decent quality. You can listen to them for free. And then if you want to buy them from us and support, it actually has a sliding scale, so you can buy the album for eight bucks or 10 or five or whatever. 
it lets you do it like you know DIY. 500 if they're feeling really generous. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Then we can go, you know, put it towards some we of the drive the to their town and play at their house. So I guess for now we're gonna have to take a listen to a recorded song, and we'll end it off at that. You're not charging this, right? Not yet. I'll think about it after this. Maybe I'll think about putting it on a band camp. But let's take a listen to the song. It's called Ignorance. And we'll end it off at that. You've been listening to Resilience out here in Los Angeles on Punk Rock Demonstration. My website's punkrockdemo.com. You can find our resilience at Bandcamp. What is it? Bandcamp.com slash resilience? I think so. It's kind of weird. Like, you know, we don't go listen to our own music, really, because we play it. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. If you type in Resilience Punk on Bandcamp, it, it's the first thing. It'll come right up. You'll see pictures of us and all the album covers and everything. Yeah, make sure it's the right band by looking at their picture. Yeah. <laughs> Just make oh, well, sure you type in yeah. punk. Because there is like a band, I think, in Green, Greenland or Iceland or something that's, that's like electronic. And they have the name Resilience. Um, so your new album's not electronic, right? It's not. No, it's not electronic. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to add in all the electronic stuff soon, though. And put in all the keyboard and synth and everything. It'll be sweet. And kazoo. Electric kazoo. Lots of kazoo. Lots of kazoo. Johnny actually plays the fuck out of a kazoo. Yeah. Oh, man. He's a madman on that thing. So take a listen to this last song. It's called Ignorance. You've been listening to the punk rock demonstration. Same old stuff they call punk rock. 
Well, take a listen to these upcoming songs. Never before heard anywhere. It's the Punk Rock Demonstration New Music Block. Remember, you heard it here first on the Punk Rock Demonstration.
national policy. You don't deserve a raise. Even though we'll stick it to you on your mortgage. You don't deserve a praise.
that was some new music there. That was the Boy Scouts of Destruction with 45. Nice, really long song there. Sounded more like 45 minutes, but it was only like 7 minutes. So, yeah, very long song there. Confront Stage was before Boy Scouts of Destruction. That song's called Brainwash for War. They're from Russia. Good stuff there. Bathroom of the Future with Star Wars 2 was before Confront Stage. And then we're the Slow Poisoner with a brand new album. It's I guess it's just a self-titled album because I can't find the title other than the Slow Poisoner on there. That song's called The Witches Are Watching With Their Thousand Eyes. And then we heard the Resilience interview before that. Very energetic and overly enthusiastic probably because I was in the process of getting intoxicated and it was really freaking loud there. I'm surprised we were able to not pick up all that noise. So that was good. Unfortunately, the Vibrators interview picked up so much noise that you couldn't hear a thing because the microphone wasn't plugged in properly and all we heard was just static and couldn't make out a single word of anything, not even the background noise. It was just static. Anyways, you're still listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration. We still have plenty more interviews coming up and it's hot as hell and it's Labor Day today, so day off for me which means we don't get to enjoy the air conditioning at the office. We get to enjoy the house over here with no air conditioning and just a fan and roast. Can't wait until work tomorrow where I can get back to the air conditioner. We're going to continue now with Broken Cuffs. This one's called These Boots.
She's my friend as I'll make a friend When I try to kiss her She tries to bite my head She's my friend as I'll make a friend When I try to kiss her She tries to bite my head I said, baby, please, we can make this work. I don't want to be your evening dessert. Real love builds on compromise, understanding and a little surprise. There's plenty of people I don't like. We could invite them over for a bite. Oh, how Less stress for me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa. Cause she's my brain and solid girlfriend. When I try to kiss her, she tries to bite my head. She's my brain and solid girlfriend. Now I'm living in a
drop a rocket Passing out on the bar stool Watch out for my drool And that the cup in my hand I don't think I can stand But I can run from the cops if I have to No respect for the law The only thing that matters to me Is getting drunk Drop a rocket 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 and there was some informal society there with drunk punk rockers. We did an interview with them at the Five Star Bar a couple weeks ago and need to edit that and put that out. Hard Knocks was before informal society. That song's called A Friend. There were some Tony Jones and the Jerk Tones with Brain Eating Zombie Girlfriend. The Freeze with Among the Missing was before Tony Jones and the Jerk Tones. And Apathy Cycle with Hearsay before the Freeze. My website is punkrockdemo.com if you've forgotten. Check that out every week for a new show. I've started putting the dates on the show numbers, so that way you know when the broadcast dates were on old shows instead of just referring to the number. And it's better for me because I like to know when those shows broadcasted. We're going to continue now with another record from Pirates Press. This one's called Love Letters by the Revolts. <laughs> Violent nights, no turning back. Violent nights. 
There's the Harrington Saints there with Red State, and there were some Corrupted Youth with System before that, Total Chaos with Horror Vision before Corrupted Youth, and then we heard the Voids with Violent Night before Total Chaos. Now, I've written so many songs on this playlist, I don't even know if we're going to get through them all, but we're going to try. We're going to try by continuing with Vice Squad. This song's called Advance Britannia. Street. I never knew people could become obsolete Deleted from the memory of everyone he knew Don't ask me what the country's coming to Suddenly the trains are going off the rails The snides and the perverts sending hate through the mail The wealthy block the roads up with their four by fours Carving up the capital behind those doors Advance Britannia Wake up from your Britannia. 
And there were some Dropkick Murphys there with Paying My Way Avenues with Creeper before Dropkick Murphys. And there were some Lower Class Brats with Rather Be Hated and Executioner with The Only Way before Lower Class Brats. And we're running really low on time because we did an interview at the earlier part of the show. So we're going to play this last song by Down Not Out that we did an interview with when they came through town. They're from Texas. This song's called Alone. You've been listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration. Check the website for new shows every Monday from 7 p.m. until 9 p.m. Pacific Time. And every Tuesday is the repeat of the Monday show. That broadcasts at 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Tuesdays. Here's Alone by Down Not Out. Shit! 